Today's episode of Double Down Trent is brought to you by Roback. That's right, our friends at Roback are bringing to you guys the best polos, quarter zips, and hoodies in the game. And now Roback is the official merchandise sponsor of Double Down Trent. So go ahead, go to Roback.com. That's R H O B A C K. Dot com. Use promo code CAS15, that's C-A-Z-1-5, for 15% off your first order. You can't beat it. I wear it all the time, and they are proud sponsors of Double Down Trent. So stay tuned for today's episode where we got all kinds of action, including a really juicy Thursday night matchup between the Packers and the Cardinals. So stay tuned for episode number 117 of Double Down Trent. Double down Trent, you might want to tune in Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto Keep it authentic and it's always live So competitive, so you know it's always hype Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss Going all in here on Double Down Trent Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host. Joining us tonight, our NFL insider, Coulter. How you doing, bud? You know, I'm doing good. I uh, wish I'd be doing better in our little pool that we've got going. I've kind of tanked here over the last three weeks, some bad numbers, but uh, we'll get it, get it back up. I'm enjoying the new apps here in Connecticut, slowly but surely building a, a little roll, hitting, you know, bet after bet, taking it slowly, uh, but so far so good. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy in my spot here week eight as we had the Halloween, kind of the midpoint of the NFL. Hopefully we get back on track in the pool. Indeed, my friend. I tell you, I'm in a similar position with you. I'm in a lot of leagues. I'm in a lot of different things and making some bets. I'm chasing that perfect week. I've yet to have it where you hit well in our picks league. You hit well in fantasy. You hit well in your gambling. Does it exist? It does. It does not exist. You just got to change the way you think, my friend. We've also got our Patriots expert living in Philly, Bill Hughes, coming off a packed blowout. How you doing, bud? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Um, I know everybody's saying, well, those the Jets. Don't get too excited. But at the same time, you don't see 50 points on the board that much in the NFL, regardless of who you're playing. Um, and I thought the Pats looked good. And I think, uh, you know, it was good to see Mac Jones continue to take some uh, some steps. And I actually think I'm in a weird spot in this picks league because I'm in first. And not to say that that's a humble brag or whatever, but at the same time, like, there's nowhere to go for me but down. And I'm trying to hang on. And I feel like I'm trying to overthink some of these lines here. But, um, but I do hope. This week, the board is looking pretty good. I kind of hate it, but I kind of love it. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to feel my way through it. I'm interested to see what you guys like this week because I will say there's a few that I really am into, but there's a few too that I'm like, that line just doesn't make sense. And so I'm interested to talk about a couple of these. Oh, yeah. There's a few that we'll get to that just look weird, look like they're too good to be true. And yeah, you're in a tough spot, but I'll say, Hughes, there are 32 people in this league and you are in first place. That is a tough spot to be. It's like, you know, the, the Kentucky Derby. You broke out yeah. the quarter, the first quarter stretch. You've got the lead now. And now you're saying, do we break? Do I hold back? Yeah. What do we do? I know. And I know. start no. overthinking. It's tough. And I will say, you know, it's, I'm not, not sad. I'd rather be in last. Don't get it wrong. No, I'd rather no. be in first. It's been a great year. Um, been picking well, but I just can't. You know, it's just so hard to sustain in a league like this. And I'm trying to switch it up a little bit. But uh, we'll see. I mean, I guess uh, we'll just try and keep the momentum going and uh, try and play par golf. 
No, I hear you, my friend. Now, before we get going, I got a few items of business. First, sponsorship, boys. Roback, our friends at Roback. See, I'm rocking my hoodie right now. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say how many days in a row I've worn this, but I'm on paternity <laughs> leave, so it doesn't really matter. The days kind of blend together. But go to Roback.com and put in the promo code CAS15. You get 15% off your first purchase. If it doesn't work, you come to me. I'll work it out with my friends. We'll get in and get you guys the deal. So go ahead and get yourself some Roback here. Boom. Now, I want to tell you guys about a little parlay I hit because I was talking to you guys, Coulter and Hughes, about this, and I was saying nervous, feel like, you know, could hit. I had a big Monday night parlay. Yardage with some guys. I got Jameis. I got Kamara. I'm feeling good. Coulter, this is like what we were saying early in the season, earlier, maybe even past years, where we sprinkle these little boxes, EDs, little pizza bets, because when they hit and they replenish your bankroll, you're riding high, baby. There's no better feeling. It's like electricity is coursing through your veins and you're, it's kind of like you're Iron Man, right? You're like Robert Downey Jr. in those movies. Uh, it really is the best feeling and it negates all the lows too. That's the worst part about it. That's They don't tell you when you're little Johnny on the doorstep and you try your first sampling of betting, but, but they don't tell you is that five lows when you lose five, it doesn't matter. The one high when you hit that little sprinkle uh is man it is unlike any other feeling it's so great and and congrats to you uh and congrats to anybody i mean the fun thing about like twitter you can get lost in it is like they'll just post these things that are ridiculous and and you wonder like how the books stay in business and then you think about all the people that lose all day long so uh (laughs) there is a flip side but i that's that's why whenever i see it on twitter it's great it's just like you know the more power to people that are winning these big numbers because a lot of people are losing and so it's great that you hit one of them so yeah great stuff and and again to the people that are young who are listening just you know beware because obviously i'm not saying don't do it. it it's always fun but for every couple losses, the fun high of the win, you know, just be prepared. Oh, yeah. It's a good disclaimer. And Hughes, you know, it's like we were talking before we hit record here. It seems like these things are too good to be true and that somehow the, the books must not be making money here. Because when you see things, and if you know fantasy, if you know football, if you know gambling, it seems like you got a perfect storm to find these little kind of needles in a haystack where you can say, hey, this guy's going to get this yardage, this guy's going to get this, maybe score a touchdown. I want to take a, a little play out of your book, Hughes. You like sprinkling money on the first TD scored as a quarterback, right? Talk to me about that. Love it. Love the first TD scored uh, QB. Again, I think like you could bet it every game in, a, in say, a weekend. You only have to hit one, uh, kind of to Coulter's point, where all of a sudden it erases every other loss, and you're still coming out on top. But to, the other thing Coulter said that I think makes a lot of sense is, you know, uh, they didn't build casinos in the desert uh, without <laughs> making money. So there's a reason why these things look too good to be true. And, you know, obviously some sound advice is to gamble responsibly. And I do think there are people that sometimes, you know, they do, they, they struggle to have the low unit bets. If they're, if I've seen one thing, it's that people are unwilling to spread things around and they do believe. And again, this it's just two different ways of thinking about gambling. How much are you willing to bet is really dependent on, how many different options do you want to have? And I've always contested that my goal is to break even. Like, I just want to have fun and break even. I'm not in this game to become rich. Or I mean, like, I like making money. Those highs are the best. But again, like, it's not really about trying to, like, beat the system. It's really about spreading it around, having a nice weekend. And whether it's you're betting on college football, I mean, I like betting on the ponies, um, but, you know, whatever it might be. I just think it's about having fun and really just finding those opportunities to uh, to cash in because when it, 
it does seem like when you get hot, like you can't miss. And it's yeah. just like the best feeling in the world. It's unbelievable. That expression about these casinos weren't out here for, for no reason is so funny because I got a little anecdote about that real quick. The first time I was playing craps, I was just following my buddy around. He was kind of showing me, which is the best way to learn craps, really. But I started making money on the field bet, which if you've never played craps, it's that you're betting at uh, 2, 3, 4, 9, 10, 11, 12, I think are the numbers, right? And I made I a couple. So. I was like, oh, shit, I hit it. I hit it. I, I think I hit two in a row. And I was like, this is awesome. And the, de- the pit guy goes, listen, bud, you see these four walls? They were built on field bets. I yeah. was like, yeah. oh, okay. And sure yeah. enough, he was right. You know, it's, you, you lose more than you win, but Dude, always I, fun. I love playing craps. And I will say my last craps run, the guy had this bet. He, he, called, he hopped the top. And it was the most fun I've ever had. And that's the thing about craps, too, is, like, you got to go into it just trying to have a good time. And if the table gets hot, it's, in my opinion, easily, easily the best gambling experience you can ever have because everybody yep. can win. There, and unless you've got the guy who's playing the don't pass, and then, I, you know, you oh, just, like, kind of shuttle guy. him off into a corner and forget that he's there. But, like, when, when the table's good, everybody has a chance to win. There's no better game than that. Like, and that's where, like, and nobody's bet affects anybody else. There's absolutely nothing you can do that can impact anybody else's bet, unlike blackjack or some of these other games. So, no, nah, it's it's the best. And to your point, though, um, what goes up must come down. And so that's, yeah. why, that's why I'm a little nervous that I'm at the top of the heat. Indeed. Indeed. It's a tough spot to be, but lots to talk about this week, gentlemen. So let's start. I guess, Bill, let's start with your pats because I know you said it was the Jets, but it's also a 50 spot. Doesn't yeah. happen very often. Give me a little state of the paths right now. How are you feeling? Because I think they've got a you know decent looking shot to make the playoffs as a wild card team, right? I like their shot as a wild card team. I will say the AFC is obviously proven that it's got much more parity than what we're seeing in the NFC, where it's like you've got I mean, you pretty much almost know the playoff teams in the NFC now. Like it's kind of crazy to look at the landscape in the NFC because there are just some teams that have so easily separated themselves in their division. I mean, I think we could say almost that we know all four division ones. I mean, maybe the West is you know going to be a good battle between maybe, LA yeah. and and um, Phoenix, but or excuse me, Arizona. But like at the same time, like I mean, the Packers are winning the North, right? I mean, yep. there's nobody beating the Packers. Hundred percent. The Cowboys are winning the East. I don't see any yep. question in that. I mean, other than something weird happening to the Bucks, the Bucks are winning the South. Um, yep. And so, like, but I think in the AFC, not to say that the Pats have a chance to win the East. Uh, they have not played the Bills yet, which I think is the other key thing to their schedule. But I do think that there's a lot more up for grabs in the East than there – I mean, excuse me, in the AFC than there is in the NFC. And so I do think the Pats have a good shot. I think that the – I think if you saw the game, there's one thing that you that I've learned watching Bill Belichick over the years. If he has a chance to bury the Jets – park a truck on top of them, build a house on the truck, somehow launch a rocket into the house where the truck's at, he's going to do it because Brian Hoyer came in the game and was throwing 40-yard bombs down the sideline (laughs) while they were up 47 to 13. And he had no remorse whatsoever. It didn't matter who was in the game. They were going for touchdowns all day. And it was old vintage Belichick. And I think part of that is they need to get some momentum going. They need to show their some offensive, like, um, you know, things, but like at the same time, like the Jets, man, if you play the Pats and you're not ready to go, he's going to take every chance possible to just absolutely embarrass you. Yeah. And it was my key pick in the pod last week because it's also one of my gambling tenants is Bill Belichick against the rookie quarterback. And I mean, it's just, yeah. I would love to go back and look at what his record is against the spread of rookie quarterbacks. Cause he just dominates. So that was a good win for me. 
Can I ask another true, real quick question about this? I don't know if you guys saw that the Jets traded for Joe Flacco, and it was not some type of seventh round traded pick. They traded a sixth pick, sixth round pick, conditional fifth. Conditional fifth, yeah. Like what? What did anybody see of Joe Flacco in the preseason for the Eagles that was like, you know what? I think Joe Flacco is worth a sixth. Tom Brady got drafted. It like what? What are we doing? Hughes, Jets are the Hughes, worst run organization Hughes, in the world. Hughes. You know that there's like an insidious nature between these two franchises. Come on now. They're, 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 they're doing back channel dealing all the time, these two. They, they can't deny each other a trick. I, I just don't right? understand it. The Jets I just don't get it. Are, they're, they're, they're filthy. Uh, they're mongrels. Yeah. Bad partners. I, I agree. I agree. And and again, we, we uh, talked about this. The GM for the for the Jets is a, is a Richmond Spider grad, um, Joe Douglas, former Richmond football player. Shout out. Uh, spiders. Um, but at the same time, like I saw that, I'm just like, and then they're like, you know what? We're going to go with the guy that played against the Pats who actually, when he came in, looked a little bit pesky. Um, obviously that didn't last, but, uh, but I mean, they're starting, yeah, they're, they're high draft picks hurt. Uh, it's got a knee like the, the jets are just in, in a bad, bad spot. Yeah. Coulter, talk to me here. Cause uh, you know, Flacco played for the Broncos. We know what he is. He played for the jets, but the jets aren't going anywhere. Like why trade for a veteran right now? Uh, I will say that the Joe Flacco time in Denver was god awful. But I, not to interject, we I, I do want to go back because the Joe Flacco stuff is just minimal. This is a gambling show. We did hit on something. Let's backtrack here. Parlay this: Packers, Bucks, Cowboys, Cardinals. A hundred dollars wins you one hundred and thirteen. The hedge is out with the Rams. You bet seventy. That wins you one twenty-two. It's a one hundred and seventy-dollar investment. You're winning $122 either way. That's a no-brainer. Right? I, I, I don't know. I'm not a math guy, but I think you're winning money there. We need Could Mr. Model. Fair. We need his math expertise yeah. to jump in here and tell us what's going on. We, we, need to tell, yeah. we need Mr. Model to tell us where the apex is that of that, but I think <laughs> yeah. that's a solid one. I think taking the Rams and then taking the parlay is nice. Mr. Model being the responsible parent telling you to hedge that parlay with uh with the C- <laughs> with the Seahawks money line was yeah. the greatest thing in the world. It's like, nah, nah, we're riding. No this hedge. is why I love Mr. Model. I'll tell the listeners what happened. So I've got this parlay going, right? And it basically came down to essentially the Saints winning the game. I had the Saints money line as the last leg of my parlay. And it was a $25 bet. So I had, you know, I'm in this for this big little parlay. And Mr. Model being the smart gambler, this is why he's the smart gambler and I'm the erratic, untrustworthy gambler. He goes, you know what? You could do a little hedge here. You can sprinkle a little on the, the uh, Seahawks money line to cover your bet. I was like, that's the smart play, Mr. Model, but I'm here for the big payday. I want to cash this out. I want to get a huge return on my investment. So he's the smart guy. We need him to be he, – he's got to be your guy in the ear. It's like, you know what? You might want to think about this. <laughs> Everybody needs a Mr. Model. Right. For sure. So the other game I want to talk about is the Chiefs-Titans. Because if I may borrow an expression from a Denzel Washington classic movie, Training Day, the Chiefs got their shit pushed in, and it wasn't even close. And I guess we were talking about this on our, our text here. You know, the Titans, maybe they're a little better than we thought. If the Titans are getting plus four or five, maybe they're an automatic pick here. But Coulter, I mean, that wasn't even a game. Uh, and I don't know if we were sleeping on the Titans or if the Chiefs have real problems. But what do you what did you take away from that game? You mean you think the Chiefs have real problems? I think that's pretty evident after that game. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think you saw it in the 
funny that you talk about the preseason with Flacco. It's like I think you saw something with Mahomes in the preseason that he was a little discombobulated, and that's carried over for some reason. And I don't know if it's an impact of the Super Bowl or, or his brother being crazy or something, but Jeez. there's something not totally right there. And I hate to make it like that simple, but I mean, really, on a on an afternoon where I feel like in that Titans game, if he is correct, quote unquote, and as good as he's been in in some spots, uh, he gets to 400 yards through the air, and that actually is the difference. They get a couple of passing touchdowns, and late in the game, it's 20. 420 and it's them driving whatever pass interference they can get something and maybe they lose a close game but uh i think the reason why they got blown out quite frankly is he's not all together that offense is just not clicking clearly um and you know we'll see they're playing your giants so maybe that's yeah. the right spot but um i don't know i think andy reed you know his personal life i mean maybe it's just time to go and hand the gig off to the enemy. And maybe that's the, the, ex, the evolution of that is just to, to do like a soft transition, seeing he's kind of stayed on there for the last couple of seasons after being pursued. Um, I mean, th- that's me just kind of look, thinking ahead. I know people are kind of like, you know, having a funeral for them. I don't think it's over for them this season by any stretch, but I do think that um, there is something wrong with that offense. And maybe it is something just with the Mahomes brother and wife or whatever. And, the Super Bowl loss and the Reed and his family and all that trauma. And maybe it's just a bad stew right there at the top. And again, at the top, that's as far as the team goes, you know, Mahomes Reed, that uh, mind meld or whatever you want to call it, carries them forward, will carry them forward. And if it's Reed that steps down and gives it to the enemy, and then it's Mahomes who's going to do it. But with the enemy, you know, that's kind of the, how this team will always win games. And if they win another Super Bowl, it's going to be on, on his back. It's not going to be some sort of, weird defensive evolution at least not until later on in his career until he gets to like the john elway you know Peyton manning era of his career yeah i i also think like we need to like i mean just consider the fact that the other components of the great game of football offensive line is terrible and they are the most predictable team on the planet like i just if you know they're gonna throw every time it's not hard to defend this team i don't think like, I, and I'm not saying that you didn't know that in years past, but like, it is so blatantly obvious now that they have no interest in running the football. And on top of that, they can't because the offensive line stinks. They went out and paid Tooney a ton of money. Why would you pay a guard that much money? I mean, again, when the Pats, the Pats, I think maybe would have resigned him. I think they liked him. I think he fit in what they were doing. And I think he's a warrior. Don't get me wrong. The guy's a Super Bowl champion. But at the same time, like, their offensive line is not good and they have no pass rush. Like, they literally can't get to the quarterback. I think they had their first sack in, like, six weeks. Yes, in, in, it wasn't until, like, the third quarter. Um, so I, I just think the team, too, roster-wise, is not well-constructed. They're a little banged up. They've had some key injuries. But, like, they're also just not that good. I mean, like, I think you've got Mahomes trying to do way too much. You've got a lot of outside factors that are swirling. Super Bowl hangover from losing. And I, it just all seems like it's going wrong and in the wrong direction. And I agree, though. They could easily turn it around. Nothing like a get-right game potentially against the Giants. Um, <laughs> but that being said, though, like I could also see, like I mean, the line is not indicative of this being no. a mismatch. Like no. this is not a line when you look at it and you're like, oh wow, like they're gonna blow them out. It's like, uh, why? I mean, it's under ten in Kansas City on Monday night. Like we had eighteen and a half point spreads last week, and yeah. now we're saying that a two and five Giants team is going to Kansas City. And they, the, I mean, like maybe Barkley's back this week. I think is that maybe. Possible? No, he's, he's that's disingenuous. 
you know, I, I think the Giants, they've been bad, but Jones is trending somewhat in a positive direction. He's not Davis Mills, who's the quarterback that got the 18 points last week, or the Giants roster, as injured as it is, is not the Lions roster, which was the other 15-point dog. I mean, the Giants are bad, but they're not that bad. Come on. I'm not saying they're that bad, but what I'm saying is against a team that thinks they're going to the Super Bowl, I mean, to me, like on the road, it just didn't seem right. Like, I mean, the way that Vegas has been playing this, the Giants, pretty much all their wide receivers are hurt. Shepard's hurt. The new guy's hurt. Uh, Galladay's hurt. I don't know. Maybe some of these guys are playing. Barkley's hurt. The offensive line outside of Thomas is awful. It might be worse. He's hurt. And he's hurt. And he's hurt. I'm just saying, like, the Giants are not, like, going into this game in a place where it's like, I mean, let's look at their last couple of games. If I, I mean, I just don't. I, again, they I got just blown out as well by the the Rams, and they got blown out by the Cowboys. And you would think you're right. At Chiefs would be a 13 point game because yep. they got blown out by two other superior teams. But what have we learned week after week after week this NFL season? The Chiefs are not the Rams. They're not the Cowboys. They're a I, middling NFL team. That's right my. Now. It, I totally agree. And I I think that that's my thing. Is like I think if Vegas thought the Chiefs were good, this spread would be 13 and a half, 15 and a half. Something maybe 15 and a half is a stretch, but like this spread would not be what it is. And I think again, like they're, they're I think the Chiefs are in trouble. I do too. Well, let's just jump right in. Let's get to our week number eight picks here. Uh, let's go to you, Colter. Go ahead and take away with your first pick of the week. Uh, I really don't like taking Big Ben on the road. Just I hate it. 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 I, I don't even like taking Tomlin against Stefanski because this is a, a coaching mismatch. But uh, the last time the Browns beat the Steelers back to back, I was nine years old and they were in their second year as a revitalized franchise in Cleveland. They did that last year. They won their last game against the Steelers and then they beat them in the playoffs. I think the Steelers come out absolutely guns of blazing in this game. I think their defense is rested. I don't see an injured Baker Mayfield, why he should be getting three and a half points in our spread. That half point is crucial to division game. I don't really care. It's in Cleveland, Pittsburgh. It could be on Mars. It's a neutral field. It's ugly. It's Ohio. It's, it's bad weather. It's shit. Everything is going to be neutralized. I feel like, um, and quite frankly, again, I hate to keep pitching on the Mayfield injury thing. Cause that seems a little square, but Give me a rusted Steelers defense against uh, injured Baker Mayfield. So first pick is Steelers plus three and a half. I don't like taking Roethlisberger on the road because he's been awful, but I got to do it. Crossfire. I, I, I mean, I, I just can't. I, we didn't have one last week. We need to get one in here. I'm going to take the – I'm going to take the uh, – I'm cold to you. So, so I, I mean, I, I think I'm one in five in my last podcast picks. I started off five and one the first three weeks. So I, I would pick against me. So go for it. I'm, I'm, I'm in because again, and I will say this, I thought the Browns showed a lot with the case Keenum game, not to say that that game was a tough game, but I do think the Steelers are in a weird spot. I do like, obviously they're coming off a bye. I think the Tom, I love the Tomlin press conference where he was asked about USC. I just want to mention like for sports fans out there, Carson Palmer, is the biggest idiot on the planet earth. The fact that Carson Palmer put that news out there and put the, put one, he literally forced someone to say that the USC job stinks. Like, I'm not saying that, that Tomlin is, there aren't rumors. There isn't this, there's that, but he was literally, he forced their hand to be like, why would I ever want this job? 
Why do you want that soundbite out there? You're trying to attract talent to you, talented coach to USC, and you've got Mike Tomlin laughing at you on the podium being like, that's a joke. I would never do that. Why would I ever want that job? I have the best job in the world. So I thought that was funny. I did like that moment, but I'm on the Browns. I'm cross-firing as well. This is actually my key pick of the week. Ooh. I'm taking Cleveland here. Hughes, you covered a lot of what I said. And I'm actually kind of hoping that this is a Case Keenum game and not an injured Baker Mayfield game. Because I actually think Keenum does more in the Stefanski offense of like what he's trying to do than Baker does. Especially if we're getting Chubb back. And not that it even really matters because we just saw Dearness Johnson run all over the place on Thursday night football. That's my favorite, my favorite part of this handicap. You guys are walking into a total fuck trap. The Broncos suck. Every, everybody thinks the Browns are great because they beat up on the Broncos. The Broncos are freaking terrible. This is a great spot for Pittsburgh. I I can't wait to take this money. This is great. I love it. (laughs) But here's the thing too. Cleveland's defense is pretty damn good. How is beat up? Yeah, Pittsburgh's offense against Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, but I'm saying that against we everybody suck, too. Kaz, we suck. Yeah. Come on. Yes, we you suck. do. That's La- that last more... time we saw the Browns play a good team at Cleveland. They got smoked against Arizona, and you know it. We suck, Kaz. Come on, admit it. <laughs> the Broncos suck. <laughs> they do suck. I'm never betting on them this the season again. But think about this. Big Ben can't move, and the Steelers' line is terrible as well. You tell me Miles Garrett isn't going to have a field day? And they've also got Jadavian Clowney on the other side. Their defense is pretty good, man. I see Ben getting roughed up this week, man. That's why I like Cleveland as my key pick, three and a half. I love it. I love it. I will say some of the stats I was looking at, um, the Steelers' offense has just been bad. And, and, like, they're averaging 81 rushing yards a game. Their total yards per play is, like, I think uh, 5.3 league average is 5.885 like Cleveland's yards per play 6.3. I mean, I just like the, I like the Browns in this spot. I do think though, I would almost not rather see case Keenum for one more game. Yeah. I mean, call me crazy. Call me crazy. I think Baker's trying to gut it out. And I think my concern is that like with a quarterback, so much of its mechanics, so much of it is your entire body feeling and moving in the right direction at the same time. Because the, again, you've seen how the NFL is. I would almost rather have Keenum in this spot with the three and a half. That being said, I think they're just going to run the ball down their throat. Um, And I do think like the Steelers are giving up 108 rushing yards a game. Um, That's obviously a lot. Uh, They're giving up 352 total yards per game. That's obviously a lot. And so I, I am, I'm into this. I I, I really like the Browns here. Um, But at the same time, this is a total trap game. It's a total trap. It's a big trap. And it's a field goal goal too. You got that to play with. Here's the Browns injury and a field goal and a half. And windy weather where missed field goals are definitely going to be coming into play here, I feel like. Uh, Here's the Browns injury report from today. Did not practice. Clowney, Malik Jackson, Landry, Peoples-Jones, Denzel Ward. Those are all starters. Uh, Limited in practice. Beckham, Chubb, Mayfield. Those are all starters. Conklin, Treader, Willis Jr. Those are all starters on the offense line. This team's banged up. Malcolm Smith. Blake Hans, Mac Wilson, these guys all play on this team, all injured. This is an injured team playing a pretty healthy team coming off a bye, a team in the public's perception that just won on national television. Don't fall into the trap. That's all I'm going to say to the listeners. I've been cold, so I don't want to say come bet with me, but I feel pretty <laughs> confident about this spot. Uh, and, and trust me, I mean, how, many, how many years have we been doing this now? I always say fade Tomlin. I'm not a big fan of his necessarily. 
Uh, I don't like Big Ben right now at all, but I think this is a good spot for the pit D. Uh, I think there's a lot of injuries on, on Cleveland. I think they're massively overrated off after beating my shitty team on Thursday night. All right. Serious fireworks on pick number one. You got to love it. All right, Hughes, give us your first pick of the week. All right. So I'm going Buffalo minus 13 and a half against Miami at home. I think Miami's dead. I think Buffalo's got every reason to just come out and just, you know, work them coming off a bye. I'm, I, I just, I'm going to ride Buffalo. Again, they're coming off that weird, uh, that game again, the Monday night game, I guess, against uh, Tennessee uh, two, week, was it two weeks ago. I feel like I've lost yep. track of when that was. Yep. Um, so I'm going Buffalo minus 13. It's a big number. Um, and, and could Miami keep it close? Yeah, but there's so much turmoil around the team. When you're starting quarterback saying, I don't think that I'm not wanted, you really got to ask yourself, like, why is he being asked these questions? Oh, that's because they've supposedly agreed to a trade for Deshaun Watson that's pending the legal thing and one other item around um, – I can't remember. I, I, was, I, I saw the article. There. But anyways, the Deshaun Watson deal is done. I think Miami's done. I think they're potentially not trying to lose, but at the same time, they don't have much to put on the table, and I like Buffalo minus 13 now. Colter, what do you think? I kind of want to go back to the previous game we were just talking about and use some of the logic. Um, not the previous game we've been talking about it, but I, no, I think we were on a good, good point. Miami is rotten uh, to their core, and Buffalo is a supposedly top three team. And uh, we saw this last week, the Hughes' point, twice. Rams, Lions, and uh, Houston Cardinals. Why isn't this game fatter? Uh, I, I know they're division rivals that don't like each other, but you have Miami traveling up north into the elements, potentially bad weather. Who knows? Buffalo's coming up a bye. I think at this point it's it's an easy case to say that McDermott's a superior coach to Flores. He's had his number a couple times. Um, Miami's defense is trending in the wrong direction. That was the only thing holding them together. Their offensive line is terrible. I mean, they're trash. I mean, Hughes just went through it. I'm, I'm Buffalo, by the way. But I, I do want us to talk about this because this is a potential best bet spot. Or are we just missing something? And are we going to get our brains bashed in? I think the number is light. I don't understand it. What am I missing here? Yeah. I don't know either. I thought this was going to be close to that 18 number, maybe 17 number in there. Uh, but I'm on Buffalo big here. Josh Allen owns the Dolphins. He just dominates them. I don't think he's ever lost them in his career. Fact check me if somebody wants to do that. But um, he obviously just is on a mission right now. I've got him down for an MVP. I like this matchup a lot. This was one of mine that I debated as my key pick here. Uh, so you're not going to get any kind of debate or crossfire from me here. But Miami traveling up to – uh, Buffalo, it just doesn't work out well. I mean, think back not too long ago, week 17, I think it was of last year, where Miami had a chance to make the playoffs. All they had to do was win the game. Buffalo, I don't think, was playing for anything, right? They're already seated and they blew Bu- the doors off. Buffalo is Buffalo six straight. They've won eight out of 10 against Miami. This is a, you're right, this is a good yeah. spot. This, this is a team that's been rolling here. I think there's also potential. And I know he was a, a fanboy here on the pod last year. Uh, and I don't want to besmirch him just because I think the two situations really bad. But Flores might be in over his head and the whole thing there might just be the roster is so rotten and the, the GM and the, the core of the franchise is just so bad uh, that he might be just in over his head, too. Because, I mean, that was... You know, I first looked at this game, I was like, Brian Flores on the road, 13 and a half. I was like, why do I, why am I seeing it like that? What has he really done? He won a couple games last year 
and like was semi-impressive but like at the end of the day i mean this guy's gonna have to be a coaching wizard to keep the dolphins in this game because i just don't think they have the talent on the offensive line the defensive line uh i think buffalo is just gonna throw all over them and, and how do they get back that's one of the things we always talk about in this pod how do they come back with Tua? i know they came back against the falcons and a couple other crappy teams recently but the bills are different at buffalo i think it's different i like this pick a lot use yeah i do and, wonder why it hasn't moved across 14 though the key number i mean there's obviously some support for miami yeah it is a fat number for them it, it is weird with that too stuff you think if you're trying to help your young quarterback you don't float these trade rumors for a guy with a checkered pass but i don't know man seems weird. that's what that's why I don't think they're floated. I think it's a done deal. I mean, I think he's going there. They're waiting to figure out whether he's going to be put on the exempt list or whether or not he's going to be like how these, these sexual assault things are going to work themselves out. And that's where I, yeah, I think this is done. I think that they, they're just looking for some assurances. It's the only team he's, he's waived his no trade clause to go to uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, and I think, I think the dolphins realize that like two is not the guy, but at the same time, it's not totally fair to Tua to me, but I do think going up there, it's going to be a tough Tough sled. They played Tampa, what, like three weeks ago and got blown out. Um, I think the same thing happens again. This team is – the Bills are just too good on offense and defense and not crush them. Yeah. All right. I've got Mr. Model's pick. He told me he's playing par golf here, but I think his first pick is going to shoot some fireworks off. He is a homer and taking the Denver Broncos minus two and a half against the Washington football team. We saw what happened to the Denver Broncos on primetime TV last week. I personally think their offense is dead in the water. The football team got kind of hosed from a cover last week against the Packers, which pissed me off so bad because I would have been competing to win the week in our league. Uh, So I don't think they're as dead as the Broncos are. I just don't think Denver's got any offense at all right now. So I trust the Washington offense a little bit more, and they're getting points. I know they're going a mile high, but I'm going to crossfire Mr. Model here on this one here. So what do you guys Same. think? Same. I'm in. Crossfire City. I just think, like, Washington has had weird luck. You watch them play, and, like, I mean, they just – and so they've made some of their own bad luck. So I'm not going to, like, ex- excuse them from being a part of why they've sucked. But they're better than their record. I, I don't know – I hate to say that. Like, you know, you win the games you should. But, like, they're better than 2-5. and five. I think that they're coming off a game where they, they were kind of never really in it, but at the same time, they, they should have scored more points and they, I think they should have covered. And yeah, given getting two and a half going to Denver with how bad Denver's been um, and you know, their own fan base um, won't name names uh, throwing them under the bus and saying that they're done. um, And that uh, maybe we need to throw a few bets on their head coach as the next coach fired. Um, I'm going to ride with the, uh, the Bronco faithful and I'm going with Washington as well. Plus two and a half, Crossfire City. Let's go, Mr. Model. That's two. Coulter, how do you feel about your hometown team? I mean, I'm not going to pile on Mr. Model, make it three. <laughs> uh, I think the number is light here. I certainly don't want to pick my team, but I don't understand why it's not three. Washington is beat up as hell. I don't know. You guys must have like a attraction to these injured teams. What do you like about Washington? Their running back has a shin injury that will never heal this season. They have a tight end who's on the IR. They've got McLaurin. Yeah, he's a stud, but their other receiver, Samuel, can't stay right. Uh, Vic Fangio, the one thing he does well in the NFL, and he's a bad head coach. 
bad head coach. I'll emphasize that, but he's a pretty good defensive coach. He is good against bad quarterbacks. And Taylor Haneke, no offense, is just not good. And so it's like in this game with a light spread, we're at home, mile high. Uh, uh, they're honoring Peyton Manning at halftime uh, for his time there in Denver. I think the fans are actually going to be in a good mood. Uh, this is a, a must-win game for us in a division where it's slipping or in a wild card race that's quickly slipping out of our hands. Not that we had a grasp on it ever, um, but you know there was a start to the season that was three. You know, so I mean, if the locker room had any hope, this is it. Um, I will say this: if they lose this game, get rid of uh, all the high-priced players, try trading Fire Vangio, and let's just start from fresh. Because let's be honest here, uh, we're, we don't. Uh, have a quarterback in the locker room that's going to be our quarterback long term and we might as well just completely just trade off all of our assets maybe keep Sertan and you know a couple of the other young defensive players but um, I, I here's the thing this is a weird thing uh, you guys either have a home run bet here this is a little Bronco insider shit you either have a home run spot here or uh, this is a team that's actually changed it's like mentality because Miller Vaughn has had several Halloween bashes in the past, and this game is on Halloween weekend. I don't know when he's had the team Halloween party. I, I fucking hope to God it's after this damn game. Um, but, it's suppo- but it's supposedly it's always a time where the guys get loose and, and party hard. And so they're either going to be rocked from the Halloween party or they're going to be in t- tip-top shape and ready to freaking get after this football team, which I don't think is very good. So if I, I don't really if I, know which way to stand here. If I remember correctly, was it Vaughn's Halloween party that landed your backup Shattered quarterback Kelly. in the yep, in the Chuck. front oh, yeah, in the yeah. living room of a neighbor <laughs> by accident, passed out on her couch or something? Like what? Yeah, that could be interesting. I didn't think about that angle. Penny two gloves could be uh, oh, could be I'm mixing well it up with his neighbors. Angle. We I actually want to do some deep recon and maybe we can address this in the in the text and on Twitter. I want to know yeah, how we, the Broncos do around Halloween weekend. I should have this number ready for us, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, they might have been able to do it last weekend and get it out of their system, but man, if it was any time in the last nine it's, days, I'm a little worried. So. It's definitely, and, and no, frankly, it's definitely Friday night. It's definitely Friday yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Hughes. He's never been after. He loves watching. Oh, I love this pet now. Yep. Money lines. Yeah, I'm not I'm I'm not gonna hop on because I think it's light, but overall I, I don't like my team as I've clearly stated. We can we can move on. Interesting. Well, before I give you my first pick, though, Colt, let me backtrack a second. They're retiring Peyton's numbers. That is that justified? What was there three, oh. four years? Really? What are you talking about? He went to the Hall of Fame as dual team. He's not just Colt. He's Colts Broncos. Look it up. Is he really? Yeah, dude, he lives in Denver. What are you talking about? He's well, yeah, yeah, he had you for I'm... the Papa. He had you for the Papa yeah. Josh franchise. He's got Papa John's money. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Hold on, Hughes, Hughes, this, I'm setting you up don't, with Pinata. I know you, I know you don't like the, no, no, hold on, I'm setting you up, this would be good. I know you don't like All the right. Broncos, but like we have a common enemy here and it's the Colts. Manning right. doesn't like the Colts. There's a reason why he went to the Hall of Fame as a buy a team. Agreed. He doesn't like Ursay. He's a bad owner. Yeah. Bolin is the consummate stability. He loved Bolin. Everything was great. And then Bolin freaking died and the franchise has turned into succession. And now oh, we're yeah. a joke again. <laughs> But, like, honestly, the Broncos have been a good franchise, and there's a reason why Manning wanted to be part Broncos I, I, because he loves Bowling and he hates Ursay. I think it's a logical thing. You want a Super Bowl. And, and honestly, like, I will say this. Like, if – so the way that it's gone with Tom Brady, I can only compare it to that. I don't think that Tom Brady would do the same thing. But if he had only won one Super Bowl in New England, 
and left and won a Super Bowl somewhere else, I could absolutely see him being like, yeah, like, like I won a Super Bowl here. This is he just as much my well, legacy as anywhere else. He loves craft. It's so. Oh different. no no no! He's crafts like second son. No, I I totally get it because I I agree. I think winning that if he hadn't won that Super Bowl, it never happens. He wins that Super Bowl never. and that locks never. in his legacy and that locks in. No, I agree. I think it makes a lot of sense and I think it, it's fine to. Again, Peyton Manning's a legend. Anybody, I mean, yeah. like to steal a thing from like some other sports, they retired Wayne Gretzky's number in like every freaking barn in, in in the NHL. So like, it yes, he's that good. He won a Super Bowl there. It makes sense to me. So that's happening this weekend. That kind of does change yeah, my, that does my change my pick in the, a little in bit. In the yeah. NFL, by the way, in the NFL modern era, we were a 13-win team under Manning three times in a 12-win yeah. team once. Yeah. Uh, in four years, in the modern era, I'm just going to say this. You all have kids. I have a son on the way. You're just not going to see that in a four-year uh, spurt no. very often. So it's like no. I, I'm planning on telling my son about those four years. Very special, good years. Yeah. And we did win a Super Bowl. So it's like I think it's all deserved. Uh, I, I think agree. people are going to frame four years for your windows in, in like Henry is a good example. He, what he's done in four years now, maybe if he does a little bit more, he's like certifiable hall of famer based on just four years, I think. I mean, that's the crazy thing, but that's the bar we're going to be getting to as time gets just like, it, it, I think people are going to freak out a little bit more, but that's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Interesting. All right. Fun sidebar. Uh, okay. This actually takes a two bird with one stone here. My first pick is Mr. Models key pick. And I've already given you my key pick of Cleveland. So my first pick, I'm going with my boy cover Joe. This line against the jets seems like a trap line to me. And that's nine and a half. That line to me should be bigger. And I'm sitting here looking at myself saying, am I really going to trust the bungles to cover a big number? But then I think about this jets team. They suck. And I know they beat and had an outright cover win against the Titans at home, but this Bengals team feels different. And I hear all the people chirping at me. This is a trap game. They just beat the Ravens. They're going to come down. They're playing the Jets. They're not going to take it seriously. Something about cover Joe and this team feels different. I, I think that they want to keep their head on straight here and not get caught up in this trap game because they have a chance to potentially keep the lead in their division here. And I think they're motivated. I also think we're either seeing Joe Flacco or Mike White in this game. And the, the Bengals' defense is pretty solid. They just shut down Lamar Jackson. So besides this trap stuff, I really like this pick a lot, even though the line's a little wonky. I'm going with the Bengals minus 9.5. What do you think, Coulter? Yeah, I'm glad. I, I This was my third best that I was going to bring, but I'm happy I left it off my card because we got the fireworks with the Cincinnati or the Cleveland game right off the bat, which was good. Uh, I do agree with you here. I love the possibility of, Mike White getting trotted out there, throwing a couple pick sixes, getting booed. They go to Josh Johnson. He's not any good. Flacco's in street clothing. Jets fans are like, what are we doing here? We want Flacco. He can't even play. We've got two quarterbacks that can't go. Uh, I don't know. I could see a big disaster. It's a lot of points, though. That's the weird thing. Is the Bengals should not ever be uh, nine and a half point favorites on the road. So that's why I held off. I, I, the better part of me just is like the Bengals can't do this. They can't be nine and a half point favored. So I think that's yeah. the only thing that kept it off my card, but everything else is trending Bengals. Yeah. What do you think, Hughes? So I'm going to admit that this is also my key pick. Um, I'll give a, I'll give out another pick just because obviously we've got, we're all on this game. I, I, I too don't understand how it's humanly possible that after giving up a 50 spot, you're going to be a nine and a half point dog. 
Like, what is Vegas seeing here other than maybe Cincinnati just totally sleepwalks and, like, it turns into, like, uh, okay, maybe they win by seven, maybe they win by – I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's under ten. Like, if you're right. ten and a half, like, oh, okay. But, like, this is nine and a half. The Bengals, again, yeah, I, I, I like it. I think Burrow, obviously, I think we uh, we talked about this in the preseason about the, the story about um, – Jamar and like the and his inability to catch the ball. Uh, yeah. I think we've proven that that's not, not a real thing. Um, that guy's unbelievable. Probably, probably potentially on his way to winning offensive rookie of the year. Um, this performance he put up last week was just incredible. Um, and I think that they're just trending in the right direction. And the Jets are not. And I mean, even even if you did have, and maybe they're saying, maybe Vegas is telling us that like um, they're a better team um, without their previously previous starting quarterback i don't know but yeah i'm on the Bengals here too this is my key pick so i'll, I'll give out another pick just for fun but but yeah i'm, I'm with you guys cool sounds good all right colt let's get your key pick this this is like a parade weekend uh pod for hughes here he, he's got the me crapping all over my own team and then my best bet is is his team uh i'll take mac jones bill belichick and the new england patriots on the road uh, in a spot last year where I believe they won 45 to nothing. Now, I know Anthony Lynn was the coach of the poor Chargers then, but what has changed that much about the, the New England Patriots since then? They've got a better quarterback. Uh, I think they're more healthy. They're more deep. Uh, they're rested. They just beat the shit out of their division rival. Uh, they're feeling good about themselves. And the people the, – here's the reason why I, I got attracted to this uh, New England side specifically – I wanted to be a detractor on the New England. Oh, they've only beaten the Texans and the Jets, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? In the NFL, the Jets have beaten the Titans. We've learned that anything happens in the NFL. The Jets can compete. Clearly, Vegas, we just went over it. Vegas clearly thinks even with their shitty backup quarterback in the worst spot of the year, even the Jets are under 10 points to Cincinnati, who's proven themselves as one of the elite teams in the AFC. I mean, so we're, there we go. So you know what I'm saying? Uh I just think New England's going to keep this close. They've competed with two of my favorite teams, Bucks and the Cowboys, uh, pretty well. Those are two of my favorite performances of the year, two favorite games. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm going to hope for a close one. I'm going to hope for another good New England Patriot game. Hope they lose. I'm sorry, Hughes. Uh, I hate to root for a division rival, but I, I just, you know, I got to root against the Patriots. Just, just, But I will be rooting for the five and a half. And if they money line them, that's, that's great, too. So good for you if they do. But I'll, I'll gladly take key pick New England uh, plus five and a half. We'll see how good of a coach Brandon Staley is. This is my one of my favorite matchups of the week is this uh, Brandon Staley versus Bill Belichick. I want to see them play chess for three hours. Let's go. Yeah, um, I think the interesting thing about this one is is Staley's got to bounce back, right? So you got you're going. They went into the bye with a real sour taste in their mouth, getting whacked by the Ravens, um, and then on top of that, they gave up. Uh, 42 the week before that, like their defense was not trending in any type of direction. That was positive. He's a defensive guy. Um, I think that this game screams like one of those, like they're going to, it's going to take a while for these teams to feel each other out. I do not think that the charge is going to be able to come out and just light the world on fire. They give up a ton of rushing yards. So I think the Pats are going to try and take, take the air out of the ball. If you uh, no, look at you, well done. Um, <laughs> and I think that they're going to try and turn this into a game where it's going to be a little bit of a ground and pound. I think we saw the Pats 
sprinkle in a number of different options as, at running back with Harris leading the way last week. Um, they've got a little bit of a thunder and lightning with Taylor, if he can hold on to the ball. Um, and I think, again, I think they can keep it close. I don't know if, again, this is going to be a field goal type game to me. So one way or the other, whether the Pats win, whether the chargers win, I do not see this game getting in any way outside of that three point number, um, or tighter. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think this is a great pick. Uh, but at the same time, like, you know, team coming off their bye, Pats going West, but you know, I think the Pats are in a much better spot. We've seen Mac Jones is the best quarterback in this rookie class. And that is not even close in terms of how we've seen them play so far this year. Um, and granted, some of them haven't really seen the field, but, um, but he is absolutely disproving anything that anybody said about check down, check down Mac. Uh, I mean, he's, he's throwing the ball around. They're even throwing touchdown passes by their receivers. Um, so I think, again, the Pats have gotten more creative. They went for it on fourth and short this past week. I think, you know, I'm not saying Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels heard the heard the fans screaming at them for not going for it the week before. But I do think they're letting they're letting go a little bit. I think they're realizing that they need to play different. And it was the Jets. Um, but at the same time, I think they're playing a way that is maybe not as conservative um, in terms of where Mac is at after, you know, seven games. And so we're starting to see a little bit more of, like, what Mac Jones can do. The offensive line also, I think they – moved around the configuration. They moved uh, Mike O out to right tackle, which I think helped them a lot. Um, they were able to get the run game going. So, no, I love this um, for the Pats. And I, and I do think, like, the Pats are not, like, the, a Super Bowl team. But they have, uh, again, they've played really tight against the Bucks. They lost by two. They played tight in against the Cowboys and should have lost by field goal, obviously lost on that crazy touchdown in overtime. But they've played really good teams and played them tight. Their only bad game, again, was against the Saints. They played one bad game all year. Every other game has been either under three points or they've won. So I, I think it's a good pick. Yeah, I think this is the – maybe outside of the Cardinals-Packers uh, game, this is probably the most interesting game to me. Um, I'm also with you here, Coulter, and I'm obviously with you as well. Hughes is your squad. Belichick getting five and a half seems like it's too much. And, you know, when you watch them against the Cowboys, that game was really close until the very end. Obviously went to overtime. They're a frisky team here, and I got to say, hand up, I was I was wrong about them. Hughes, you were spurting around that they're going to make the playoffs, and I thought you were crazy. I called you out on that. You know, it doesn't look too crazy anymore, especially if they can somehow pull out a victory here against the Chargers. Um, my only concern about this is, like you said, I think you just called there. They're coming off a bye here, the Chargers. So they've got two weeks to prepare against the rookie quarterback, and if Brandon Staley is a defensive genius like he's being touted as, they got to show up here. Um, but I just think it's going to be close enough. I think five and a half is, uh, is too many points to give Bill Belichick here. So I'll, I'm with everybody here. I'm riding on the paths as well. Bill, and, you got next. Okay. One thing to keep in mind too, we've talked about this a little bit this season. There will be a ton of Pats fans at this game. This game oh, yeah. will not yeah. be a home field say, advantage I feel, game. I feel like any, any East to West factor is a baked into the line. It's way too high at five and a half. So you're telling me that they baked in a one point that Pats are traveling West and are playing on the West coast. That does not matter to me at all. And, and then playing in LA, especially doesn't matter to Hughes's point. So yeah, I'm glad you touched on that. Hughes. Yeah. All right, Hughes, you got a bonus pick for us, man. Cause we all threw out Cincy. What do you got? I know. All right. So bonus pick is going to be, I really like this Thursday night game. And Woo! I think that this Thursday night game, seeing as we're recording this on Wednesday, sometimes we record these on Thursday. Um, and I don't know when this is going to get cut, but I am all over the Packers plus five and a half going to Arizona. Cause again, 
that there will be more Green Bay fans in, in that building than there will be Cardinal fans, basically because the Packers just travel like a bat, band of you know nut jobs. But I also love where the Packers are at in this game. The Cardinals, this can't. I mean, I'm not saying it can't keep going, but like five and a half points against the against a, a decent Packers team. I get it that the Cardinals have looked really good. I think the Cardinals are really good, but I'll take the Packers in this game plus five and a half all day long. I love Aaron Rodgers right now in his total FU tour. He does not give a shit about anybody. Um, and I think he comes out and I think he does some things against this defense that maybe some other teams haven't been able to do. And I think he shows people, hey, you guys had them penciled in as the number one seed. We're seven and one, two now. And guess what? We're here to play. Are you not concerned at all with this COVID? No Devontae, most likely. No Lazard, I believe he's also out. I mean, who's Aaron going to be throwing the ball to? I think they can come out and have a game plan where I've never thought that the receivers, and again, this is a very naive take on my part. I've never thought the receivers really mattered that much to Aaron Rodgers. That's the reason why he wanted Randall Cobb back. He likes familiarity. He likes guys he's used to. We saw Tanyan get, get some run this past week. I think he's able to spread it around no matter who's out there. Yes, they lose one of their best weapons, maybe, maybe a couple of them. But I do think, given how Aaron Rodgers has played this season – Given the way he's gone about it, I don't think it's going to matter that he's out, that he doesn't have Devontae. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm on Arizona right now just because I feel like Devontae is the difference maker in that. If he's not in that game, I think I trust Arizona a little bit more in the spot. I don't feel confident about it, though, so, I mean, it's not like I'm, uh, I'm going to crossfire you here, so I'm going to stick with my Cardinals pick uh, sheepishly, if you will. Coulter, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know where I'm going to – land on this in the pool i got a uh, packers uh last night plus seven minus 118 which is a little bit of a juice but i like that number seven, yeah. uh, for them yeah i thought that was good value so i'm gonna root for that uh my ticket i might just hedge it out in the pool with a little arizona minus five and a half or i might just ride it with hughes and just jump on the packers i think it's a little bit overreaction i don't like vance joseph the arizona defensive coordinator i feel like uh it's going to come crashing down uh, factor, especially on their defense. It would be great to see it happen without uh, any receivers for the Packers. I'd love that egg on his face on national TV without Adams there. So maybe I'll just go all in root for the Packers root for my, my plus seven and jump on in the, in the pool. I certainly think Arizona is a little overvalued um, and in a huge game for green Bay. Um, I mean, this is massive. You can't – I think you were complaining about the football team not covering last week. I, I, I didn't get to see much of that game, but I have to say I'm, I was impressed because I was on football team too. I was on them in this pod. I was impressed that Green Bay covered the game. I mean, I thought that was a sleepy spot for them potentially, uh, as I mentioned on the podcast. So I thought it was good that they covered. I think they're getting too many points here. I think they can win the game straight up, right? Isn't that one of the gambling principles? When you have a team where you think they can legitimately win straight up, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers in Arizona on that field. I've seen him do it before. In yep. God's name, would I ever say, no, that's not possible. It definitely can happen. Therefore, I have to take the points. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the name Vance Joseph because I can only think about that Monday night game where the reporter was like, here is Vance Joseph having the time of his life out there on the field. I'm going to pipe in the sound audio for everyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about. Probably one of my favorite, maybe 15 seconds of NFL sideline reporting of all time. Coach Vance Joseph, from here, you watch him now on the screen. This diversity in this background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL. 
and here he is having the time of his life. Thank you for that. <laughs> now, before we go, I'm looking at, to me, the wonkiest line of the week. And I want to get your take on it. Maybe this will be a new segment for us, guys. Wonkiest line of the week. How the hell are the Cowboys only a two-and-a-half-point favorite going into Minnesota? I know we've talked about the Vikings at home in the past, and there's a tough spot to play here. But what am I missing, guys? Two-and-a-half points? That's not even a field goal. I don't know. And I will say I thought the same thing when I saw it, and I stayed away from it for that reason. It doesn't make any sense. I don't think – I mean – and unless there's just this idea that the Cowboys are riding high and that they're for some reason going to not be ready to play, they're clearly the better team. They're clearly going in a better direction. Um, I mean, other than the fact that Zimmer might be coaching for wanting to get the Cowboys job when they fire Mike McCarthy at some point in time, which I don't think is going to happen because I think they're going to need to kill him more. I don't know. Like, I just don't know what the angle is here. I don't get where what Vegas is seeing in Minnesota. Um, again, maybe it's that the Pats played the Cowboys tight and like, you know, there's, there's this idea that the Cowboys aren't as good as maybe their record, but yeah, it didn't make any sense to me either. Coulter, our insider, you got some breaking moves. Yeah, I got a JJ Watt going back to that Arizona game real quick. It's out for the year. It looks like with a shoulder surgery that, uh, is going to, put him out through the rest of the year so that's a loss wow. for Arizona. Wow. He was going to be out for that game anyways. Um, yeah. so I don't know where that factors into the line. I think it's probably all been kind of concocted in there but I definitely think it's dispiriting for Arizona for sure seeing he was the biggest name in their offseason uh, kind of the face of the franchise other than Murray. That's big time. That defense was rolling. That was one of the big reasons why I liked riding them. But that could change. I knew he was out for that game, but that's going to change things for them for the, the season there. Well, all right, gentlemen, that's a fantastic episode. That's number 117 in the books. We'll see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. And you know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.